Welcome to this second episode of the Marketing Attribution Podcast with Zalster. My name is Albin Stoop, and in this episode, we are listening to how three different marketing people are tackling the challenging tasks of making sense of marketing attribution. We will listen to Carl Friedrich from Ad Phoenix, Asia from Salster, and Johan from CDLP. Consumers got way more choices than they used to, and way less time. Advertising isn't evil, it's nature. Products. You take the profit from that to buy more ads, and it goes around and around and around. Today, I want to convince you to change the way you think about advertising. I had to. It's your turn. I knew I would want to do something a little different. So maybe we sell a shoe, and it becomes the greatest shoe you ever wore, the greatest car you ever drove, from the greatest boat you ever sold. You know, the the greatest drink you've ever had. But don't hate on the advertising because we use the visible to grasp at the invisible. Let's start with listening to a brief introduction of the three people and the companies they're from. I'm called Frederick Olson, marketeer and analyst at Phoenix, a startup that helps real estate agents personalize the discovery of buying or selling a home. Uh, some more info about me, if I'm awake for some reason and not working, I tend to spend time with my beautiful fiance and absolutely adorable daughter who is close to two years old. And if I'm for some reason not doing any of the previous things I mentioned, I like to produce electronic music. My name is Asya. I'm a person who deeply cares about the environment, animals, and has a never-ending curiosity for data, and who also believes that everything can be measured. I work at a marvelous startup company called Zalster, who is a Facebook and Instagram marketing partner as a client success manager. Zalster has an AI platform which optimizes all manual processes in Facebook ads. My tasks are to start up clients, ensure they have the right foundation to succeed within our AI platform, to scale their accounts, provide continuous strategic support, and to apply Facebook's best practices. Hello, everyone. My name is Johan Spitz. I work as head of performance marketing at uh, CDLP. CDLP is a Swedish design company which makes uh, luxury essentials for men, such as underwear and swimwear. So these are three pretty different companies. So let's listen to what their main objectives and main marketing channels are. Uh, Ad Phoenix as a company mainly focuses around social media through Facebook and Instagram, but we also do more channels such as display, we do Twitter and so on. Well, that depends on which vertical we are working with, and hence it's self-explanatory, meaning that e-com, you tend to mainly focus on ROAS and sales, branding, you tend to mainly focus on traffic, awareness, and reach, and app companies, you mainly focus on CPIs, app installs, and if the next, the next level, which would be add payment info or to register themselves. However, my main objective is to improve the quality of traffic to maintain a steady flow of new leads, reduce the costs of achieving new prospective customers, and to keep your customers always engaged with great content. By doing so, you will automatically increase your ROAS or your brand awareness. The main marketing channels I work with today are all Facebook platforms. Our main objectives in the online world is um, 
of course, to drive sales uh, through Facebook, Instagram, Google, uh, to our own website, but also uh, to, to build a brand online, which we do in the same way offline. Uh, the biggest channels that we use online are Facebook, Instagram, and Google. Uh, we also do some podcasts uh, and also some influencer marketing. Offline, of course, there's PR, there's um, activities in the stores uh, that sell our products. Uh, and also we have our own store, uh, which we, we use for some uh, offline marketing. Great. Let's dig into some details. So... Now we're going to listen to Carl Fredrik at Phoenix and how they evaluate performance today and what they see as uh, their main attribution issue. One of the values that is highly appreciated by clients is what uh, at least I call Digital 360. This stems from something that you very accurately pointed out in the first episode of this podcast, which I highly recommend listening to if you haven't, by the way. Uh, anyway, it stems from the fact that very often today people tend to look at Google Analytics as the unquestionable source of truth for anything you want to measure digitally. But as you pointed out earlier, Albin, uh, the data has already been interpreted in some ways by analytics, plus the fact that it comes with a lot of the flaws and negative aspects of analytics, such as downsampling, uh, the cookie-based attribution model, and so on. The point being that it's not truthful to view Google Analytics as the source of truth, and if you were you would completely rely on it for your performance reviews, you wouldn't get the whole picture. For example, Digital 360, which I mentioned earlier, is a reporting model that fetches data from Facebook attribution tool, fetches data from our own big data sets, and as well as Google Analytics. This not only provides a much more truthful picture but also allows the user to more or less choose to see uh, the different sides of impacts depending on what type of attribution model you wish to use. To me, the main issue has to do around trust, if you really boil it down. As you are probably aware of, just the discrepancies between people-based marketing and cookie-based marketing can be very, very different. Whether you are presenting to a client or presenting internally, it puts a lot of pressure on you as what is commonly known as the data guy to be able to convey the information as simple and understandable as possible so that whoever is listening to it can understand that, okay, I, I see now that there are different ways to interpret this data. Google Analytics is not the only way. Many businesses today, surprisingly enough, are not uh, carrying this type of skill sets in-house to deal with these things. And not having these things in-house or, for example, not paying a web agency to do it for you usually results in many businesses having a very poorly set up analytics, a poorly or, in fact, non-existent Google Tag Manager, and very often no knowledge at all or uh, no experience at all about Facebook attribution tool or Facebook analytics. And in rare cases, what I do is I help and assist clients in tailoring these ecosystems for them. But more and often, uh, I'm just being asked to work within their own analytics account. And this is where some of the tricks you, know, you stumble on throughout the years can be very useful. Uh, one thing, for example, that I usually see is uh, people not setting up proper funnels within Google Analytics. Almost always the goal will be set around just a successful conversion of either a purchase or a fully successfully submitted form and so on. And 
this completely negates the entire path to conversion. So if I'll just take an example from my own world, the world of real estate, uh, one thing that's really sought after in the real estate business is valuation requests, right? So that's when you uh, ask an agent to come and value your house so they eventually can sell it. And an evaluation request is, is equal to money in the bank. So naturally, this is usually the most sought after conversion. But if you only look at successfully submitted valuation request forms and base your entire media bu uh, budget around that, you'll miss the entire first 90% of the discovery and the entire path to conversion. And I mean, if you follow that to the extremes, you'll probably end up spending all your money on Google ads or PPC because to the surprise of no one, Google is amazingly good at attributing their own channels uh, for conversions. So what you need to consider here is that there's been so much activity prior to the actual conversion that disregarding it will uh, very likely put you in a place where you can't achieve above standard return on investment on your media purchases. And now let's listen to Asia at Salster and how she works with clients on evaluating performance and the attribution issues they have. Since I work at a Facebook and Instagram marketing partner, my main tool of work is Facebook Ads Manager. Therefore, I mainly use Facebook own ads reporting, analytics, audience insights. The main metrics I throw a look at are, of course, ROAS, CPA, first impression ratio, bounce rate, reach, and impact. Also, some of my own performance metrics, which don't exist in Facebook, where I mainly focus on daily or monthly performance how much we have left to spend and how much we have left to reach our set goals and how we are basically pacing to our set KPIs. This is just to track your spend and revenue performance. The reasoning is to be able to easily, quickly and detect how all the campaigns are performing and to know where to dig in deeper and where to really push and where maybe to pull back. I believe that all channels are intertwined and need each other and assist each other in order to gain a conversion. The customer journey nowadays is much more complex. You have paid channels, you have non-paid channels, which making them non-linear. Getting all attribution platforms to line up and to gather somewhat a cohesive streamlined data from all of them is near to impossible. My suggestion is not to think as the company or the producer, but to really put yourself in your customer's shoes and try to figure out how long it takes for your customer to convert and to take into consideration factors such as pricing, website experience, need of repurchasing the item, basically the nature of your business. By doing so, you will be able to figure out your attribution window. And lastly, let's listen to you and at CDLP on how they are evaluating performance and, and their attribution issues. When it comes to evaluating your performance online today, it's uh, pretty hard um, to see where the sales come from and uh, which uh, channels should we use more or less or where should we spend our money. Uh, but how we work right now is to uh, evaluate 
each channel uh, in their own platform uh, to see uh, if there is something we can optimize or decrease or increase the budget in some way to get the performance to go up. Uh, should we change some ads or um, basically should we just shut down some stuff or should we increase our spend in one channel and decrease in another channel? The biggest attribution problem is to know where the sale exactly came from, and uh, in in our and in our digital marketing, uh, it's uh, pretty hard since we use this like Facebook, uh, Instagram, Google, and then we also do some podcasts. Uh, for example, if if a customer gets a Facebook or Instagram ad, goes through Google to uh, to access the website, and then have listened to one of our podcasts and maybe uses um, a discount code, then all of those three touch points say that uh, this is our sale. Uh, but uh, in reality, it's not like that. So the biggest issue for us right now is to uh, to see how we can. Um, Put all these things together and uh, if you then have the wrong attribution window or um, different styles of how you measure your attribution then uh, it's going to be a big problem for you so now that we have listened to a lot of issues and struggles let's let's flip the coin and see what solutions these marketeers have had um, and see if we can learn something uh, for ourselves in, in how we can experiment with with attribution and getting closer to uh, some kind of solution. So naturally, you have to consider that there's so many ecosystems and there's so many sources of information that you have to consider. And I don't even think that there's a perfect solution within here, but I at least I tend to want to get as good of a picture as possible on the path between the acquisition of the user and the actual conversion happening. And I think this even becomes more relevant when the time lag between stages within the conversion funnel are longer, uh, such as it is, for example, when you're selling or buying a house, or if, in comparison, if you're selling a ping pong racket. So one thing that's been very helpful for me is to set up goals within Google Analytics that are not only successfully submitted forms or purchases or actual conversions, but once again, uh, let's take uh, valuation requests, the most valued conversion of, of all conversions in, in my world. And let's, for the sake of an argument, say that analytics attributes Facebook to 2.5% of all conversions on this goal. And you might think that's very little. And if you were to put that into a cost per lead calculation, you'd quickly believe that leads from Facebook are very, very expensive. And especially when you compare to, uh, for example, Google PPC. But let's now say that you also put a goal in Google Analytics that triggers every time someone clicks and opens that valuation form. So if you successfully measure this, that effectively lets you see which sources of traffic feeds in to the conversion funnel. And here you'll quickly realize that, whoa, whoa, hold on now. 30% of the clicks that opens this form is actually traffic generated to my website from Facebook. And you might think, you know, what happened here? And you, well, you just discovered a very good example of how easy it is for the attribution model used in analytics to skew the data. Because in reality, many people don't do these type of high commitment conversions within the same session as they also discovered it. 
and in the steps between discovery and conversion, whether that is switching devices, it could be you're putting it on your phone or you're Googling it on your desktop when you get back home, whatever it is, the attribution is lost within these steps. Now, I think Facebook is doing quite a good job at actually combating the flaws and the negative aspects of Google Analytics. Uh, for example, if you are using the Facebook attribution tool, you can actually see that people are move, how people move cross device, and it will allow you to choose another attribution model if you'd like, or an attribution window. So one of the things I definitely uh, recommend you guys to do if you haven't uh, already is to get comfortable using the Facebook attribution tool. Uh, and I mean, if you're stuck in the Google Analytics ecosystem, one of the things that could eventually start to sway and make it a bit more truthful is to get to know more how they measure cross device. I think that's in beta right now. And also how the assisted conversion funnels and how that, that function is actually working. Because that, that will paint a little bit more of a, a tr more true picture within Google Analytics. And Google Analytics is still so widespread that I don't think it, I don't think the world is ready to completely get rid of Google Analytics just yet. The closest I have come to challenge my clients is by turning off one platform. As scary as it sounds, you should try it. For example, Facebook shows great numbers for Facebook, which is user-based, and Google, which is cookie-based and vice versa. So launch a campaign solely in Google, not in Facebook, and you will see the impact that you'll have in your sales. I recently tested this with one of my clients and their overall sales decreased. So my suggestion is to keep in mind how these two major platforms attribute and understand them and allocate your budget accordingly. Or another tip, for example, is that you can create a unique promo code specifically for that channel and track how many conversions you get from that specific code from that channel. My final thoughts are, don't choose first or last click since they will only limit you in terms of multi-channel campaigns. Well, you could attribute cross-channel if you carefully structure your UTM code on every ad, but that is real-time consuming and complex. Instead, e-commerce need to understand the holistic view of their platforms carefully and to choose an attribution window that doesn't work against them. But then, of course, uh, Facebook uh, actually have some tests that you can run. Um, this is uh, more for maybe the bigger uh, players on the market that spend a lot of money. Um, but there you can do some incremental tests. You can do uh, conversion lift tests and you get a lot of uh, great insights from, from those tests that you do with Facebook. Um, the problem is that you need to spend a lot of money. So it depends on your company and if you have the possibility to do it, I think it's a great idea. And uh, then you can you can actually see where where the sales come from, or uh, should you spend more in in this channel or in that channel? Or um, then you can also do some some brand lifts as well. Uh, is it uh, possible to just do branding ads and see the sales go up in that way and not be so sale focused in your uh, online performance marketing? Um, you, you can get a lot of insights from those tests that, that Facebook will help you with. 
but just to to clarify it's not uh, that the, the cost from facebook is so high for you to make the test is that you need to spend uh, a certain amount of money for uh, getting the amount of data that you need for those tests so your account manager at facebook will help you put up the test and then you have an estimate on how much money you should spend in order to get the result that you want or the data that you that you want to to have the closer that we we have come right now is to to look uh, also through the bi system that we have uh, and see if we spend more money on branding what will happen with the income uh, or if we spend more money towards sales driven uh, marketing what will happen with the income that we have um, so um, a, a thing to to come around the attribution problem that is in for all marketers uh, online all over the world um, of course you need to run a lot of tests what is the best for for your company uh, or your issues um, it depends if you're a service of course uh, if you sell products um, but but first of all you need to use the right attribution window for the product or the service that you sell um, this you can decide within the company or check with a, maybe a bureau or uh, with Facebook directly if you have a problem to decide uh, what is the best. Should you have uh, one day click and one day view or should you have 28 uh, on both? Uh, that That's basically up to you. But uh, I think a lot of people that sell online right now, especially in the fashion industry, they use like uh, seven days day click or uh, and one day view um, or the users uh, only click um. great so to summarize the solutions we've learned in this episode uh, we had Carl Friedrich mentioning uh, setting up goals in Google Analytics for the whole funnel on your website to see if you can learn something new about um, um, the beginning of the funnel and if there's any marketing channel there that maybe um, attributes a lot of initiated uh, funnel conversions. Colfredic also mentioned use, using a Facebook attribution tool uh, to get a more comprehensive view of your marketing reporting instead of only using uh, Google Analytics. Then we had Asia mentioning trying to shut down marketing channels temporarily to see the impact. It's a tough move, but it can definitely give some interesting insights. And uh, she also mentioned don't use first or last click attribution in Google Analytics. Then we heard Yuan uh, recommending larger advertisers to run incremental tests in Facebook ads to get a more accurate answer to the impact of Facebook. The downside would be that a large budget would be needed to get a statistical significance in a test, but the results would probably be very, very interesting and helpful. Johan also mentioned the importance of adapting the attribution window to the type of product or service you're selling. And lastly, talk to other marketers in the same field and exchange thoughts. Simple as that. So I want to thank uh, Carl Friedrich, uh, Asia and Yuan for sharing their insights and thoughts on marketing attribution. Uh, but before we say goodbye, uh, we have some closing remarks by Carl Friedrich at AdPhoenix. Thanks for having me here, Albin, first off. Uh, I'll also take the time to highlight the fact that I think Salster is a fantastic company 
I think you're pushing the envelope on these things. Uh, but as a leaving note, I'd also like to point out that just being able to measure things correctly, while, while it's absolutely crucial, it is not the final answer to the question. I think the real power lies within the knowledge and wisdom that can be extracted from a good set of informational data. That's what I believe is the real call for us people that are fighting the attribution and the media mix uh, on a daily basis. So how can we communicate what the information is telling us so that others, based on the wisdom that we now know, can take action upon it? Uh, if you haven't seen it, I think you should Google the, it's called the D-I-K-W pyramid, uh, and you'll see a visual demonstration of what I mean. Uh, the people who get these things right and, and solve all these steps, they will be the digital winners of tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much, and I wish you all the best. Consumers got way more choices than they used to, and way less time. Advertising isn't evil, it's nature. Products, you take the profit from that to buy more ads, and it goes around and around and around. Today, I want to convince you to change the way you think about advertising. I had to, it's your turn. I knew I would want to do something a little different. So maybe we sell a shoe and it becomes the greatest shoe you ever wore, the greatest car you ever drove, from the greatest you ever sold. You know, the, the greatest drink you've ever had. But don't hate on the advertising, because we use the visible to grasp at the invisible. <laughs>